Welcome to the Everything RVC podcast. I'm David Costello, joined by Amanda Keeper. Another week here at RVC. How are you, Amanda? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. How Good. are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance right off the top here to uh, plug a very exciting event that's coming up. Um, Students of Service, mm-hmm. or otherwise known as SOS mm-hmm. around these parts, um, is having their annual Friendsgiving event yes. to raise money for students in need. I am very happy to be part of the organization this year. Um, this is an organization I know uh, you founded and you take a lot of pride in. I'm kind of along for the ride this year as a co-advisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm involved in this as well, but you obviously know it a little bit more intimately. So I want you to kind of plug that event for our listeners. Yeah, so this is actually the second annual uh, Friendsgiving We decided to do this because last year we found out that the food pantry, the Eagle's Nest Food Pantry at Rock Valley College was dangerously low. And RBC SOS Students of Service, our number one goal is to keep uh, students in a situation where they have food. We don't ever want students to decide between should I go to school, buy a book, or buy a meal for the night. So we keep the food pantry fully stocked. And then we also have other goals. So we are a crisis club. We've helped students with things like medications for their, uh, you know, an ADHD situation. We helped a student, two students this semester get eyeglasses because Mm -hmm. they could not see their textbooks to read. We helped students with tuition holds, with books, with transportation, anything that would be a crisis and would put a student at risk for dropping out. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for is we want to send the students an SOS and say, hey, Mm -hmm. we don't want a basic need to be something that puts you out of your opportunity to get an education. So this year we're doing the second annual Friendsgiving virtually, of course. And Mm -hmm. this is a really exciting project because we have partnered with local leaders. We have 12 videos and we are doing a project that's going to hopefully build up resilience and hope in our community by teaching people coping skills. And then hopefully if someone finds value in those videos or one of those videos, you know, maybe they'll make a, a choice to donate to our funds. So okay. we would like to provide value before we ask for something. Great. So there's a theme around it, the, the four different. Um... Yeah. So we're trying to uh, teach about resilience. Mm-hmm. So there was social resilience, cognitive resilience, emotional resilience, and physical resilience. And some of the videos are very serious. We have Tom Zuba who talks about grief and loss. We have a, a ping pong match with Dr. Hmm. Spearman and yourself. You yep. were in that. Um, no, you're really proud of that one. We'll have to wait and see <laughs> what happened there. And then uh-huh. we have uh, Dr. Erin Fisher from the psychology department. She's talking about uh, brain health. We have you know people from all over the community. Noah yeah. Courier from Oscar Mike. I could go on and on because we have 12 experts or 12 servant mm-hmm. leaders who really are coming alongside of us and saying, how can we help? Yeah, so there's three videos for each of the four. Uh, types of resilience. Types of resilience, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had a chance to look at the sneak peek of yes, those. And yes. uh, yeah, it's going to be really good. So mm-hmm. so yeah, on Monday the 16th, we'll launch those videos. And you, mm-hmm. you can go in any time and watch them on your own time. Uh, watch them in any order you wish. Watch them straight through if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll have an opportunity to donate if you want to uh, support the cause. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they'll be up throughout the rest of the year. Right. And you'll have an opportunity. It's not like it's just going to happen Monday. It's mm-hmm. going to be for, for the rest of 2020. Yep. You can go out there. You can watch them. And if you want to donate and support the cause, you can. So, mm-hmm. Where so, will yeah, they find great. them? Um, so we'll put them on our YouTube uh, channel, the college's YouTube channel. And of course, we'll be pushing out uh, the link to that on all of our social media platforms and any other internal 
methods of communication we have here, the student email, and we'll put it out every possible way we can to try to get it out, uh, not just here at RBC, but in the community as well. Right. So. Awesome. Yeah, Very so exciting. really exciting. Yeah, so thank you for all your work with that and mm -hmm. for founding the organization to begin with. Yes, so. thank you. Our guest today has actually helped with some of these projects. Great segue. Why don't you introduce yes. our guest? Yes, so Gretchen Beeman is here. Um, Gretchen has an awesome RBC student uh, story, student success story, mm -hmm. and I would like her to tell her story in her own words. So I had you as a student, as you know, in a couple of classes, and so I probably know you better than some, but I want you to fill in the story for our listeners. So what made you decide to go to RBC in the first place? Well, it's a... I had a lot of friends who had been at Rock Valley, um, and I think just it being local um, mm -hmm. and being a mom mm -hmm. um, made it appealing. Yes. Um, and going to school was very scary for me. Mm -hmm. um, at the age of 34, starting school, uh, I had a, a baby at home and a... Uh, I don't remember how old Alana was at the time. Um, I think she was maybe 13. She was in junior high. Mm -hmm. um, so the thought of starting college was just, it was terrifying to me. Um, my high school experience was not great. So uh, it was it was a huge jump for me. Yeah, tell us, I, I do want you, uh, you to tell the, the listeners about the, the high school experience. So when I was in high school, I started my freshman year in all honors classes, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was great my freshman year. Uh, at the start of my sophomore year, my sister was diagnosed with cancer, mm -hmm. and all of my grades went from A's and B's and being an honor roll student to um, the end of my sophomore year, I was in remedial classes. Mm -hmm. My sister and my mom left to go to Boston after my sister was um, diagnosed with the cancer, mm -hmm. and I was left to take care of my two younger brothers. My stepfather um, worked overtime and didn't come home till 9, 10 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. and I cooked all the meals, I cleaned the house, I had dogs and cats to take care of, I had laundry to do, I... Um, essentially became mom and had all the duties that my mother had. Mm -hmm. I had school to go to. I had to take my brothers to and from school and help them with their work. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make their experience and, you know, make them not feel the absence of my mother. Sure. And so my school experience became, uh, you know, I, I suffered because of it. Mm -hmm. My brothers don't remember much of that time because nothing much changed for them, mm -hmm. but it all changed for me. Yeah. And by the end of my senior year, I was getting all Ds and um, some Fs. I barely passed high school, uh, missed out on the whole high school, uh, you know, experience and didn't get to go to events, didn't get to do sports, didn't get to, I played Tennis my freshman year, didn't get to do that my sophomore year. And um, so, I mean, it was, it was a huge struggle. Um, I worked a full-time job. My job paid for the bills for my family. I paid 
the electric bill. I paid the gas bill. I paid the water bill. I paid the car insurance for both me and my my stepfather. So I, you know, I was a working contributor to to the household. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and got my transcript uh, while I was here and about to graduate to see what my actual GPA mm-hmm. was, and it was <laughs> it was very depressing to see what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was a very it was a huge challenge mm-hmm. to look back and to to really see what what I went through and to then decide to to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, uh, growing up, uh, my siblings all got good grades. They didn't have the challenges that I did. They all got A's and B's and didn't have to work hard for those. And so I was always called the dumb one. Mm-hmm. And we would have, be at family parties and it was, oh, don't get Gretchen on your team. She's the dumb one. You know, she's, she's not smart. And so they just made fun of me and, you know, but I started high school on, with honors classes. Mm-hmm. And so to start college with that stigma over me that I was the dumb one, mm-hmm. it was, can I do this or am I really dumb? Mm-hmm. And so I got on the phone and I got Eric Wilson on the phone and he was so encouraging to me and um, we talked several times and he just got me pointed in the right direction and got me going and I had to take um, student 101 is it 100 Mm -hmm. 101 I don't remember Mm -hmm. sure sure and flew right through that class I mean that was so simple and then I did uh, summer classes that first semester Mm -hmm. And everyone told me I shouldn't do three classes in the summer. And I did three three <laughs> classes and had like 101% in my English class. And, you know, I was like, well, no problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, you know, mm-hmm. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And it was a challenge, though. I mean, my kids were home and my husband was working. And I'm like, well, if I can do this just in the summer. Yeah. Then you know this mm-hmm. is. I can do this. Right. So what was it like walking into a class the first time? No, that was totally different. I, I was terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'm 34, mm-hmm. and so having all these 18-year-old kids, I was like, oh my god, this is you know the first time I walked in, I was like, let me pull my hood up, you know, <laughs> let me, mm-hmm. you know. I shouldn't be that, you know, scared and and confident, you know. I couldn't believe how terrified I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what my what the first class was that I went to. But after the first class and then I went to the second class and then by that next semester it was like I couldn't wait to come. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, I was waiting for the first syllabus to post, and I was, like, stalking, <laughs> you know, 
Like, when's the first syllabus going to post? Come on, I need yeah. to get on and read and get my stuff. And I think I remember now you you emailing me and asking me for the syllabus ahead of class yeah. after I had you for one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were that student that was ready to go yeah. before it even began. I, I can geek out like that, too, so yeah. I relate. <laughs> so when did you start to feel like I belong here? I think it was after that first in-person semester, like mm -hmm. after walking into that first Actually, I think I do remember now the first class, it was um, it was math. I had to take remedial math. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, I'm so bad with names, with, with my memory. It was, um, you're friends with him. Um, Patrick Sergrave? Yes, okay. yes, it was his class. And it was, he's so, he's so awesome, he's so fun. But I think it was just after that first semester, I walked into every class and every teacher is just so friendly and so, yeah, you know. Welcoming. Welcoming. Mm -hmm. It's just, I felt like family every class I walked into. Did you connect with students as well? I know you said oh it was a little God. weird at first because you see a lot of 18 year olds, but you must have seen other students who were like you and coming back. And My Facebook friends list grew from like like 900 to like 1400 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after being here mm -hmm. just the amount of students that I made friends with mm -hmm. I have tons of 18 19 year old friends that I still mm -hmm. and it's fun watching them on their journeys yes. yeah and yes. watching them go on to you know universities and thrive and go out into the world it's mm -hmm. right. incredible i've made so many friends mm -hmm. and friends too like larry yep. fairbanks mm -hmm. he's out in the world i mean he was much older than mm -hmm. me and he was at college so just the the diversity yes. of yes. the the student base here yeah it's not just 18 year olds there's me who's 34 there's people here who are 50. Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible yeah I agree. I yeah. agree. So, so talk to us about some of your most impactful classes that you've had here. And I know you've had many, many, but just start with whatever feels right. Uh, I would have to say, you know, that if I was honest, <clears throat> just about every class was impactful. So to narrow it down would be would be incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. um, there was one semester in particular where. I had an extremely difficult time happen in my family. Um, my daughter went through a very traumatic uh, event in her life. Mm -hmm. And I had to call every professor, email them, and um, explain to them that I couldn't come to class that week. I had to miss class. I had to stay home. Um, and the amount of support that I got from uh, the professors was incredible. Uh, that would have been uh, Teresa Gilbert. Mm -hmm. um, she emailed me, she checked in on me. It was just the support that she, she gave to me was incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was, she told me not to worry about my work that week, 
to just focus on my daughter. That uh, was, you know, you're you're in class and you're worried about I've got all this work to do. We were writing a huge paper. I had all this stuff I had to worry about, but I had my daughter, and she was like, "Your family comes first. Your daughter comes first. Don't worry about right. my stuff." And that is what I saw over and over again here at Rock Valley was. The whole time I was here, something different happened every semester with my family. And every time I talked to a professor, every professor was so empathetic towards my situation. Mm -hmm. And it was, it just felt like family. And I still just right now, I want to come back. Like, I just want to come in and walk through the halls and go visit the professors because mm -hmm. everybody just became family to me. It just, everybody was accommodating. They, they just, they just, I, I just don't even know how to describe it properly. Like they went above and beyond what you ever expected. Completely. Yeah. That's great timing yeah. that we just, talked about the SOS event and how its mm -hmm. theme is resilience and you're our, you are our guest today. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak to that resilience piece a little bit and, and how did you find the, what it took to, to deal with everything you were dealing with and still focus on, on your education? Um, I think it was just with A lot of times I went and sat in professors' offices and talked to them, um, you know, emails. Um, I think that a lot of times people feel like there's the professor at the front of the room mm -hmm. and they're there to teach me. And I think that they don't realize that they're not just your teacher, that they want you to succeed. And... And they don't realize, like, you know, I have this assignment and I can't do it. There's this thing going on. And so I'm just not going to work on it and talk to my professor and not turn it in and struggle through something. And the biggest thing is, is that, you know, the professors are here. They want, they want you to succeed. They want to help you. Mm -hmm. And... Like Beth Engel, for example, um, when I took her Latin history um, class, uh, was it Latin history? I I don't remember what it was. It was a history class. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the semester, you're supposed to write a paper. Well, it wasn't me, but another student went up to her and said, "I really hate." writing mm -hmm. and you're supposed to write like a seven to ten page paper and they said I really struggle with these long papers is there a way I can do you know something else mm -hmm. and they said you know I'm I have a time constraint I have you know all these other things and so Beth said well absolutely you know we can come up with something different 
what about a presentation? Can you can you do a presentation? And they said, absolutely, I'm great with presentations. Mm -hmm. And so she brought it to our class and said, somebody else asked this, would you guys, would anyone like to do a presentation? I love getting up in front of people. And I was like, oh my God, yes, <laughs> let me do a slideshow. Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to write a paper. And I was already stressing out about having to write this seven page paper. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, please, yes, you know, mm -hmm. thank God somebody, you know, yeah. somebody mm -hmm. went and asked this. Mm -hmm. And she was totally willing to let mm -hmm. somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. So I got to do a slideshow and stand in front of the class and do a presentation. And I'll stand up and talk in front of a whole classroom of people any day. Hmm. And, you know, it was just, again, just talk to your professors. They're your friend. They're your... Yeah. You know, advocate. they're mm -hmm. your advocate. Mm -hmm. They're your, you know, mm -hmm. they're your cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, not every professor is going to be like, sure, let's, you know, you can do that instead of it. But again, mm -hmm. they're there to help you They're, They can direct you to, you know, you know, there's lots of different places here on the campus where you can go and get help to right. the resources. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, I mean, during all of these times where I had you know, my struggles, it was just the encouragement of my teachers and knowing that they had my back. And sometimes, you know, because of the struggles that I had, I got an extra day to turn it in because they knew that sure. I had all day, I had appointments with my daughter and I couldn't, mm -hmm. you know, turn mm -hmm. in the assignment that day. They, they knew that, you know, mm -hmm. I needed that extra time. I mean, I was staying in communication with them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just being in communication with your teachers and yeah. letting them know what's going on is, important. is very important. Yeah. So tell us about some of your most fond memories at RVC. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, one of my favorite classes was yours. Oh, thank you. Speech. Oh, I had so much fun, so much fun in your class. Um, your um, meet and greet activity. Mm, that first day activity. Yes, mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, and just how you structured your class for um, the notes and how to just outlining everything for learning how to um, set up how to write a paper. In the organization. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was so helpful just with all of my paper writing um, from that point on for it set me up for success with the rest of my time here. For our listeners, um, Amanda just slipped Gretchen a $20 bill. <laughs> for, <laughs> No, but you know what? I appreciate that feedback because I do teach the formal outline and mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time on writing. And usually the students don't like it at first. But I can tell you from one of, you know, over the 20 years I've been teaching, when people say this is what helped me, it's that structure mm -hmm. that they apply to every other paper and lots of other classes. And I have to tell you, see my, my sweatshirt here? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see mm -hmm. the, when I was printing out like notes and stuff, my, uh, my printer exploded, hmm. and it stained my sweatshirt during 
This was from your class. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the twenty dollars is for a new sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's there forever as a reminder yeah. of Amanda's class. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you were talking about Michelle Roder earlier. Will you tell? Uh, will you tell that story exactly the way you told it before? Like there was a certain teacher you wanted. Yes. So what I thought was my last semester. Uh, I had decided during that last semester that I was going to take teachers that I had absolutely loved Mm -hmm. and wanted to retake a class with them or teachers that I wanted to experience taking. Mm -hmm. So Danielle Hardesty, I had had her for world religion and I wanted to take another class with her. Mm -hmm. And so I had signed up to take uh, philosophy. And so on that first day, of class, I pulled up my schedule and it no longer said Danielle Hardesty. <laughs> and I was like, WTF. Right, right. You're this pissed. is supposed to be Danielle Hardesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I stood outside the class and I was I was ticked <laughs> off. And I was like, who is this rotor person? Arms folded. I yeah. know, and I know you're ticked <laughs> off yourself when yeah. you, you get ticked off. I mean, you're going to let someone know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so which I appreciate about you, you're passionate. And so we're standing outside class, and other people too were like, "What is this change?" Like you know, and other people, we were all standing outside talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "I took this class because I wanted hardesty," and and so we're all talking about it. And here comes, you know, Rotor walking down the hallway, and I was like, "Who is this person?" And so she opens up the the door and she walks in, and she's carrying her little stack of papers under her arm and. So we walk in, and I'm kind of like eyeing her, like, given this, this person, given the side eye because she's yeah. not Danielle. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so I pick a seat, and I like to sit at the front of the class, and you know I'm one of those those students. I don't hide out in the back. And so I sit down, and she goes over to the desk, and she's got just totally blank face, like mm-hmm. she doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. She walks over, she writes something on the board, and. Uh, then all of a sudden she turns around and she just opens her mouth and just, just some type of like sarcastic, you know, <laughs> I don't even remember what she said, but uh-huh. just. But she had, yeah. She uh, just, you know, Michelle, <laughs> you know, d- something, whatever she said came out of her mouth and it was just her personality. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's had her knows. And I was like, oh, my God, I love her. (laughs) So I went from WTF to to OMG. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and from that point on, I was like, this is great. This is great. Mm -hmm. And then every day, it was my first class of the day. Mm -hmm. And it just like, if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I knew that as soon as I went to her class that it would totally change my mood for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And like somebody in class had written on the board, I don't even remember what it was, but they wrote something on the board when she, before she had come into class. And it was something somewhat obscene, Mm -hmm. purposely to like joke with her. Sure. And she saw it and she turned and she like looked back at the class and um and so she went over and she like wrote something else and like circled it and like mm-hmm. wrote something else like added to it yes yeah. and it stayed up on the board for like a couple of days it was i mean <laughs> she's just 
My experience here would not have been the, the same without that woman. Mm-hmm. And I tease her all the time on Facebook because mm-hmm. she hates exclamation points. Yes, I know. Every and time I do three of them, I think of her. I yeah, mean- <laughs> I know. When I'm writing, sometimes I'm like, I do something and then I'm like, I backspace and I'm like, that's too many. And do then I really I'm like, need three or should I just, just one? Or do I even need one? Uh, and so I when I comment that. on something on hers, mm-hmm. sometimes I like do it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just love her. She's, when we have her on the show, and we're gonna have to talk about oh, we will the exclamation points because yes. that drives me nuts too. Yes. But yeah, yes. that's a great story. But it shows you keep an open mind, right? Like, oh my god! Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. she's incredible. She's mm-hmm. she's an, an amazing asset to this co- to this college. She's mm-hmm. she's just incredible. How about uh, people over in student services? You mentioned Eric Wilson. Did you have any other relationships? Because it seems like you really got to know people here. Um. Did you stay in touch with Eric during your journey here? I know that's something that's come up when we've talked right. to a couple of the recruiters. That, yeah, it's a relationship I didn't realize kind of continued on while the students are here. They check back in with the recruiters. And well, I actually kind of knew Eric before I started here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, wife. Uh, Marla. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. best friends with. Uh, girl that I used to babysit. Okay. okay. So. so you felt comfortable kind of having that conversation already. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So last week, Patrick Pyre was on, and he was talking about those first encounters at RVC and what a difference they make. And it sounds like your first encounters were huge. Yes. Huge. <clears throat> you know, I'm just going to put this out there. I know how much you love the school, and there's always a lot of job openings over in student services. So I could see you really being an ambassador for the college and doing something similar. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're up to these days. Well, I have, as you know, that I've had uh, several surgeries. Yep. Um, so after I left here, I actually had a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had six surgeries in 17 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been very hard for me mm-hmm. um, on a health journey. So it's mm-hmm. been, I've spent a lot of time in bed in pain. Mm-hmm. So things have been very challenging for me, mm-hmm. and i am been uh, uh, filed for disability. Mm-hmm. So that's not the road I wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, What was your plan when you came here? Did you know what you were headed toward with your education and what you wanted to do? I was undecided when I first started. Um, I know that... I'm I'm a big people person, mm-hmm. so I I wanted to be somewhere where I was helping people because that's mm-hmm. that tends to be where I am drawn towards. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of volunteering, okay, mm-hmm. um, and so it it needed to be somewhere there where I'm helping sure. people. Yeah, and, sure. and you you do really well at managing people too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've had several jobs where you're managing you huge event planner. You've mm-hmm. al- you're always the first person to jump in for event planning. Mm-hmm. Um, so has your RBC community been helpful for you during your time since RBC? Yeah. Um, you still you still stay in contact with your professor? Oh my and, god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just about friends with almost all of my professors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I want to get in contact with uh, is uh, Dr. Blake. 
I'm not oh, sure if she's still here. Yeah, she, she retired. retired. Did yeah. she? I love her too. Yeah. yeah, she was. She. I think she was one of my first professors. She yeah. is incredible. She's incredible. Yes. She yes. opened my eyes so much to uh, World War Two and mm-hmm. so. And taking her class, I actually, you know, my family, you know, always called me, you know, the dumb one and stuff. During. Uh, her class while I was taking it, I ended up finding out that my sister took the exact same class. And I found the paper that my sister wrote. Uh-huh. The exact same paper. <laughs> the same assignment. Same uh-huh. exact assignment. Uh-huh. Oh. And I found it right after I had turned in my paper. Oh my and so it was in you know, a folder, yeah. and it was in with her yearbooks. And so I was like, oh, my God, here's my sister's mm. paper. And I got my paper back, and uh-huh. my paper scored. I, had I was going to say, <laughs> I could tell where this story was going. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. In your face. In your face. I was. I looked up, yeah. and I was like, ah, who's a better writer? Yeah. Yeah. But along those lines, on a serious note, what, what was it like to walk the stage after hearing that? You know, hearing you're the dumb one, and the fa- and what 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 did it feel like to walk the stage? Well, I made the dean's list every single semester I was here. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Every semester, and mm-hmm. then I finally made the president's list. Mm-hmm. That was my goal mm-hmm. the entire time I was here. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times I came so close to to making the president's list, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was incredible. It was mm-hmm. so incredible, and I actually almost I was so close to uh, giving the commencement mm. speech yes, too. You were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget the the gentleman's name who gave Ryan. It. Ryan. Mm-hmm. He inched me out. He got mm-hmm. just by by a small margin. He did so well. Um, but um, so but walking the stage was just. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. And Amanda was on the stage. And oh, that's the year you gave your speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I'll never forget looking out and seeing your face. I it's, was right in front of her. It, it's mm-hmm. honestly like the one most powerful image I have of that day is mm-hmm. seeing your face because I know so intimately the trauma that you've been through in your family and in your personal life and the grit and the perseverance and the resilience that you've had and just su- succeed in the way that you have. Honestly, it's of all the graduations I've had in 20 years, your face is the one I remember. Mm. She even took a picture of me from on stage. I did. Oh, and that yeah. meant so much to me. Because, you know, all the pictures are, you know, yeah. you don't have that. And she took a picture and sent it to me. Oh. And so having that picture of me sitting out there from that yeah. perspective just meant so much. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, we're, we're proud of you. I mean, we're so, I, I know all the faculty members that listen to this podcast are going to be just smiling from ear to ear, mm-hmm. hearing about um, how we helped you in, in your greatest time. And, and also, I think, you know, from your family story, it was in some way similar to my family story about, you know, not having the, as much support as you could, that you need. And I think we became kind of a family to you. Oh my God. In every way, this, like I said, it's. You know, when you see people still on Facebook, they talk about, I see kids now at 18, and they're starting school, and I'm like, tell me who, tell me ready, you know, I'll tell you who to take, I'll tell you, you mm-hmm. know, 
tell me when you're getting ready to register for classes, and I'll tell you about the professors, you know? I think we need you as an ambassador at our school. <laughs> I In fact, say, yeah. I have a project for you. I, I'm going to talk to you about it after this podcast. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say, is you don't, you know, get through, get over these hurdles mm-hmm. uh, again, and mm-hmm. like you have uh, all mm-hmm. along, it sounds like. And mm-hmm. I know you won't give up, but I'll say no. don't give up. Um, uh, it's never too late, and there's there's plenty of opportunity, and and yeah, and lean on RVC. We're still here for you. Absolutely. Oh, you need I'd to take another class, or like Amanda said, keep an eye on the job openings here. Mm-hmm. How great would it be for you to come work here and give back to students the way mm-hmm. uh, the college gave to you? Mm-hmm. So I love this place. I really do. I know you do, and it's people like you that we want on staff. So yeah, think about it. Well, yeah. let's have some fun now. Okay, let's have so, some fun. Uh, let's start with the questions, and then I'll do the campfire question. Okay. So, right, so. Gretchen, you have t- questions. You get to draw two. Yep. And then you'll just read them and then answer. There you go. Fresh bag of questions today, huh? Fresh you bag. Reloaded. I did. All right. What's that first one? If you could have a video of any any one event in your life, what event would you choose? Hmm. Hmm. Um. Hmm. I don't know. That's tough. A video of any one event in your life. I have a video of several events in my life. Yeah, I was going to say, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going through in my head. I'm like, you know, I probably have a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. already on video. We probably have the video of you walking across stage. Yeah, so I was thinking that that's a... I could dig that up. What was it, 2018? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. bet I could find mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be probably what I would answer would be mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm going to find it and send it to you. David. Yeah, I'm sure we have it. Yeah. All right. What's the second question? What were some of the turning points in your life? Oh, boy. Mm. Well, I would say one turning point in my life would be when my sister passed away. Mm-hmm. That really uh, made me look at life and evaluate things, and you realize what's important, what's not important. Um, she passed away in 2013. Uh, I was 32. 32 is my lucky number. Mm. And she passed away during, during the year that was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my lucky number. Um, and I had to really evaluate things. Um, I have um, really... Uh, bad relationship with some members of my family. Um, I have some really toxic relationships with um, uh, members of my family, and I had to decide what I wanted for my life and if I wanted to continue with those and, you know, just keep a distance or mm-hmm. uh, just decide whether or not I wanted that to continue and to expose my family. Uh, my children to that and so I just decided that I I didn't need that in my life and 
so that became kind of the turning point. My sister said to me right before she passed away that I needed to um, not let those things be a part of my life and I needed to not let it affect me anymore. Right. And so I took that to heart and made a turning point mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and decided to to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I used to kind of be a doormat for people. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I've always been the kind of person that helped people and I still am, but I let people walk all over me before. And so I decided, you know, I'm still going to be that person that helps people and do things, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it at the expense of, you know, my family and being hurt. Right. And um, so, you know, that became, you know, a huge turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I decided to kind of start building myself up and, that was when I decided I wanted to go to school and I started yeah. getting things in place so that I could come here. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it kind of just, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was a perfect full circle to the mm-hmm. beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get to the campfire question, you talked about your kids. Tell us about your kids. What do you like to do with them? Um, well, Addie is uh, eight years old. Uh, and Alana is, oh, I was going to say 16, but she just turned 17. Oh, man. It's not even right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to believe she's going to be in one year an adult. <laughs> um, they are uh, girls. Oh, my goodness. Um, just a lot of drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Girls are just filled with drama. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my littlest one is very artistic. She loves to draw and paint, and um, she also is with uh, my husband. She's very into anime, mm-hmm. and um, she's a big gamer. She loves to um, play Minecraft and mm-hmm. Roblox and... Uh, and then um, my older one is um, uh, very much a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know from one minute to the next what she's gonna yeah. be mm-hmm. into, but mm-hmm. she is, uh, she's got a heart of gold um, and uh, she... So she... Junior or senior? Right junior. Now? Yeah. Yes, junior. Is she gonna come to RBC? I hope. <laughs> that is my uh, that's my goal for her. But she keeps saying stuff about uh, military. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not sure. Interesting. And then I just gained a bonus daughter. Yeah. She's oh. 18. Okay. And uh, she just recently moved in with us, and she has a newborn baby. Oh. Wow. Look at that. You have a full house. I yeah. do. So Aww. we have a two-month-old baby living with Aww. us, and she's so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, I think we should end this Got podcast it. with the appropriate campfire question. Okay. Gretchen, if you could have any job at RVC, what job would it be? Ooh. Oh. Hmm. 
a counselor. Okay. Mm. Nice. I thought you might say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great because that's a perfect way to, mm -hmm. to give back and help mm -hmm. fellow students. Right. Yeah. Turn your pain into purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, I knew this was going to be a special day, and it was. I'm so glad you wrote in, and mm -hmm. you were one of the first ones that signed up on our podcast list, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, we just, we, we appreciate having advocates like you in our community, and I will be in touch with you about a project I'm working on. Wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Great to meet thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Another good one. I always, I just love hearing these stories. I you, know. you know, in our first episode, I told you that's one of the things I love about my job in PR is mm -hmm. to be able to find and tell these stories. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many of them out there. Now we had Elizabeth last week, and mm -hmm. I just it makes you wonder how many of these stories are out there. It's just hundreds mm -hmm. of them, thousands mm -hmm. of them, yeah. and uh, it's just so great to hear. Everybody's got a different one too, right. Right. and um, I just thought it was perfect. Like I said, that. Uh, that we talked about the SOS event and the theme being resilience and Gretchen being our guest today uh, was a perfect, perfect way to uh, introduce that. So yeah, It really was. And I just have so much care for her. Um, you can see when talking to her that there's a lot of pain that she's gone through and she talks openly about it. And RVC really did become like a surrogate family to her. And I relate to that in a lot of ways. Um, when I was 18, my mom and dad left and kind of just decided, you know, we're, we're grown now and mm -hmm. we are on an adventure of our own and they left the state and they haven't lived in the state since then. And our family in many ways became a surrogate family to me too. And I needed those professors to be that support system for me. So I really related to that on a, a yeah. personal level. Yeah. She mentioned so many different ones. I mm -hmm. hope they all listen to this and, and get to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah, it's great. It was great to hear that they are so supportive, mm -hmm. that our faculty are so supportive and they're willing to, uh, you know, make those kind of changes or, or adjust to what's happening in their students' lives and, and that they understand that there's, uh, especially these days, and we've heard a couple different professors on this show, like Dave Ross, George Hernandez, talk about just how much things have changed for students mm -hmm. these days. There's just more stress and mm -hmm. even before the pandemic. Yep. Um, more stress and they're all, they're working more mm -hmm. these days and everybody's got a story uh, mm -hmm. they're not all yeah a lot of our students are right out of high school but so many of them are Gretchen's story right. too right. so right 34 years old and a mom and thinking I'm dumb I mm -hmm. can't do this because of the family narrative that was told to her and she was able with the help of professors and student services Eric Wilson she was mm -hmm. she wrote a new story for yeah. herself yeah, absolutely. So great. So keep them coming. We want to hear more of these stories. So if you're out there and you're an RVC alum, we would love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, coming up uh, later this week, mm -hmm. we've got uh, Christine Lott, our registrar. Yes, so excited. We, yeah, I am too. We teased that a little bit last week, but so we'll see what she has to say. Speaking of helping students. Mm -hmm. So excited about that, and um, yeah, and that's about it. And then we've got our homework we're going to have completed by yes, that by next Thursday. episode. We, we have a due date now. Yeah, so. we have a due date. So I owe you three good episode ideas, and, and you owe me three bad. I owe you three horrible ideas. That's right. Yep. Do you have any right now? No, okay. because <laughs> after your three horrid ideas, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how, can you, can how can you top you that? You can top any of it, but I'll try. Okay, well, I look forward to that. I love a good bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you all for listening. This has been Everything RVC. I'm David. <laughs> and I'm Amanda. Yeah. <laughs>